My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. My father was sick in bed, so much must be for the circle. And the director came to him and said, Well, Father, it's the time for the circle, but you're sick, and so you can stay in bed and you just go and have the circle on your own. And our father replied, saying, Do you love me so little as to want to deprive me of this means of formation? That I need so much for my soul. And the director was stopped in his tracks. He loved me so little. Our father saw that it was the will of God that he would listen to the spirit of the work being commented on by a son of his, much younger, <coughs> all throughout his life, even though he was the founder of the spirit of the work. And so we saw very clearly that the Holy Spirit is working there in the means of formation. And that he needed that means of formation for his soul. As we look at the topic of formation in this meditation, we could ask our Lord that we might have that same focus as our Father had, being very clear that in all the means of formation, we're listening to the Holy Spirit speaking to us, sometimes whispering things deadly in our ear, but all the time leading us to God. After a retreat in Rome, where our father had, as always, chosen some young, newly ordained priest to give the retreat, in the get together, he, with everybody there, he said to him, Well, thank you, my son, for leading us to God. The purpose of retreats and of all the other means of formation to lead us to God. You know, these means our Lord is sowing seeds, seeds that have to produce a lot of fruit. Some seed fell on rich soil, grew tall and strong, and produced a good crop. The yield was 30, 60, even a hundredfold. We don't know how God is shaping our soul, little by little, over time, to produce those great fruits that he has in mind for us. Through things we say, through things we do, through the example that we give in all sorts of ways. People are waiting our back, they're seeing our example. Our faithfulness, our perseverance, our lifestyle. It's all producing fruits in ways that, that God wants, perhaps that are unknown to us. And so we can ask our Lord for the grace to give a lot of importance to all those means of in the Catechism of the Catholic of the, of the work, he gives three ideas about how we should try and approach the means of formation. <coughs> he says, first and foremost, that we should convince ourselves of its need. We're humble, we realize we always need to hear new things. And we always need to hear old things repeated again with a certain frequency. So those ideas get in. Sometimes she like to say that 
often the grace of God falling on our head or on our soul. It's a bit like drips of water falling on cement. It seems not to penetrate. But if that drip continues for a long time, eventually those drip, drip, drips make a hole in the, in the cement. And so he said, uh, similarly, the grace of God dropping on our head eventually penetrates. So we get those ideas a little better, a little clearer. Because we're convinced of their need when we go with humility to listen, to see what it is the Holy Spirit has to say to us. I was always impressed one time in Ella. I went to visit a, he was the oldest supernumerary in the region, who just had a heart attack. And I went to see him in the hospital, and his wife was there. It was a, fairly early in the morning. And we were chit-chatting for a moment, and then the wife said, well, I must leave you now because I have to go for my formation. She was also one of the oldest supernumeraries, I think, in the region. I was rather struck by those words. I have to go for my formation. That's what's important. My husband has just had a heart attack. He's here in hospital. Might not last too long, but I have to go for my formation. And likewise, the husband, well, he let her go. He didn't say, well, I'm sick and I've had a heart attack and your place is beside me now. No? He also knew the importance maturity of spirit in that approach. But we also have to go for our formation. Convinced ourselves, or convinced ourselves of the of the need of that formation, our chat, our circle, our retreat, our annual course, our confession, whatever it may be. The second point in the catechism says we should ardently desire that formation. Rather nice adverb, ardent to burn. Burn with the desire because we know the Holy Spirit has something to say to us here. There's a new light. There's a new joy. There's a new signpost. Am I living out my vocation in this particular moment in the way that God wants? <coughs> so that I do the right things. I don't do the wrong things. I check out what I'm doing to make sure I'm walking along that path of years ago in the Philippines, there was a supernumerary who had been at the work for a number of years. And people happened to be chatting and they get together or sometime about the circles they were doing. And he learned that people seemed to be giving a circle in a different way. So he had invited his friends to have a circle over lunch and he explained how well we do the opening prayer before the soup and then we have soup. And then after that we have the commentary of the gospel and then we have the main course and then we have the main talk of the circle um, and then we have the dessert and then we have the examination of conscience so the circle was uh, interspersed all throughout the meal no? and he realized that I've been in the work for a number of years and this is how I've been giving the circle and uh, well obviously I have to try and change the way I've been doing things no? so we need to hear things occasionally we need to correct our step a little bit or to do things in a different way but to see well, what is important at this particular moment what God is asking of me. What is it the Holy Spirit is saying to me through the channels? Where should I cast the net? Cast the net to the other side of the boat. And they cast the net and they brought in a huge show of fish. A formation of things we hear helps us to give importance to certain things at certain moments. To cast the net here, to cast the net there, to talk to this person, to emphasize 
satisfy at this particular point, whatever it may be. Blessed are they who hear the word of God. We're also told in Scripture about what happens if salt loses its taste. We go back regularly because we need that seasoning, those ideas that are clear in our mind to hear this particular thing said in a different way of new graces. Because at all the time we're growing in the awareness of the importance of these means of formation, of the message that God has given to us. Book of Wisdom says, for wisdom begins with a sincere desire for instruction. Care for instruction means loving her. In our Father's phrase then, do you love me so little as to want to deprive me of this means of formation that I need so much for my soul? Was reflected reflective of that love that our Father had for those things that he was going to give. And the third point of the Catechism says, and engrave in your soul the things that God says to you. Engrave in your soul. We all have had the experience in the chat and the circle and other moments of some ideas coming to us or things said to us that we know can only have come from the Holy Spirit. And likewise in fraternal if we write those things down and we look at them again in our recollection or in our retreat a couple of years later, I see with even greater clarity this was God speaking to me. Did you just say? Like St. John, when he sees the great catch of fish, after the stranger on the shore has said, cast the net inside the sea, he looks again at the stranger on the shore and says, Dominus Est, it is the Lord. Each time as we do our chat or go to confession and the other means of formation, well, we may have a similar experience. We know that things that we're told, because we can only have come from God. And so, Holy Spirit, help us to listen, help us to trust, approach the means of formation with, with faith that God is here. And to realize that the work of formation well, is a work of time, of months, of years. But the best wine comes at the end. All throughout our life, God is preparing us for something. Some of the greatest contributions our Father made in the life of the Church, Galileante, Tarsidad, were all made in the latter years of his life. And so we don't know how God wants to use us in the future this word here, with that phrase there, with some other example somewhere else. One time in a get-together in Calabiaca, I remember Donald was saying that you have not come here to be supermen, but to be super humble. You could say that about everybody in Opus Dei, and through the means of formation. We're not here in the work to be formed to be all sorts of great people in a human sense. But to be super humble <coughs> with humility that leads us to go back and listen again, to get the message a little deeper. And the greatest obstacle to our formation well, could be our pride. I know everything already. I don't need to hear this particular thing. I've heard all of this many times. 
remember me to forget that the Holy Spirit is working there in each of those times. Since I'd like to say that little children, they need to hear things 500 times before they get the message. It's only on the 501st they actually catch the message. Well, we know that we are also Christians. So the psychology of repetition comes to be very important. Then Jeremiah said, it is not it is not you that shape God, but God that shapes you. If then you are the work of God, awaits the hand of the artist, and does all things in due season, offer him your heart, soft and flexible, and keep the form in which the artist has fashioned you. Let your clay, let your clay be moist, lest you grow hard and lose the imprint of his finger. So God is molding us, molding us with every little fraternal correction, <coughs> to which we have to listen with a lot of docility and gratitude, a greatest act of supernatural affection that anybody can handle, a proof that we're not alone, proof that we're loved, proof that my brother wants us to go to heaven, that we form part of a family, all sorts of wonderful And so Holy Spirit help us to, to listen to you and to see you. As they went on the road to a mouse, they asked, what things? And they answered all about Jesus of Nazareth, who showed himself powerful, prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and the whole people. And our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be senseless to death and had him crucified. In that odd moment, our Lord was born there. Little by little, letting the scales fall from their eyes. Every time we read something about our history, or some phrase of our father, or something he did or said, well, a little more the scales fall from our eyes. We see something with a, with a greater depth and clarity that we haven't seen before. Something that's important for the future. There was a story once of a kid who went to the National Park, and in the National Park the kid saw an elephant. He got this idea of elephants, big animal, big feet, small <coughs> tail, big trunks, big tusks. And the kid went away and maintained an interest in elephants, wanted story books about elephants and drawing books about elephants. Grew up to primary school, secondary school, maintained that interest in elephants. And then the kid went to study zoology in the university. Eventually specialized in elephants, did a master and a doctorate, wrote many papers, began to travel the world and lectured all about elephants. It was said that all of their knowledge of elephants was built up on one simple concept of elephants that it learned one day in the National Park. And so all our knowledge is built up on a few simple ideas. When an architect wants to build an extra room onto a house, when he goes back and he looks at the foundations. <coughs> And so likewise, when we want to increase our knowledge, we go back to those simple ideas, to see them with a greater clarity. <coughs> Every annual course, we are encouraged to go and have classes in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And yet we know that by looking at those things again, the phrases, the formulas, over time that's gone a little deeper. 
when I think it first one time in Carl when the Cardinal Lance was there at that time he was an archbishop but when he was present at the Gallic classes of the Gallicism of the Catholic doctrine like anybody else reading and listening and following and well, it was quite instructive so at every time of our life we need to go back and look at those simple ideas again if we were sensible, sensible and humble, said our father in the furrow, we would have realized that one never stops learning. <coughs> this happens in every field. Even the wildest will always have something to learn until the end of their lives. If they don't, they cease to be wise. When our father went to a new country, well, he often said, I've come here to learn. He didn't say, I've come here to teach here to impart all my knowledge and all my experience, all my history. I've come here to learn. Those words portrayed a profound humility. And part of our role also is to try and convince other people of the need of formation. We do little for the church if we're not formed. And in the work we where we get a serious preparation in order to make a serious contribution. I was back in Ireland a number of years ago and happened to meet Father Alan Powell, who I was well, quite close to many years ago before I was And in the course of a half an hour conversation, he said three times, We are so lucky in the work. I was always struck by those words. We are so lucky in the work. Look around you and you see all the mess that there is in society. People with all sorts of funny ideas. And yet we have the truth, the beauty and love packaged about us in very simple ways, exposed to us in a regular way. And all that keeps us on the right track, or can keep us on the right track if we use it right. And so we're so lucky, and that means we can be so grateful. Grateful for all the formation that the work gives to us, and the trouble that the work goes to to give us that so that we can serve the church better and serve the work better. And so Lord, help me to be careful with my own ideas, to be open to change, always to be ready to listen, to rectify a little bit, to be mindful of those words of St. Paul when you, you run very well but outside the course. When you run very well, you're all capable of running very well just to make sure we're not outside the course, that we're on the right track. And absorbing those ideas and helping them go deeper. And bringing the fruits that God expects from us. We often get new horizons through the means of formation. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see new things. Possibly things we hadn't seen before. I am the light of the world. It's also dangerous, <coughs> the danger of our pride. It's interesting how, in the whole story of the Gospel, our Lord lets us see and read all about Judas. In every holy week, Judas becomes an important personality. We sort of never lose sight of Judas. He's always there, one of the twelve. It's interesting, there's a lot to be learned from Judas. He saw all the miracles that our Lord he listened to all the words of truth, beauty, and love that 
fell from the lips of the masters. Yet yet somehow nothing penetrated. So it's not just the, the fact of listening or of being there. Our goal is to have the responsibility to make that formation our own, to absorb it. There's always the danger that our formation can flow off us like water off a duck's back. Or the danger of the weeds that we read about this morning. The weeds in society which may be by lack of truth, lack of honesty, bad habits. Which can also be there in our own personal lives. A, a carelessness, or a laziness, or a negligence. And the norms and things of formation and the living of our customs. Lack of care for small things. The work of formation is a work of love. And God wants us to try and respond with love. Try and see the areas where, where what I need to be to be formed, to change. I can begin again in certain areas with the eagerness of the first time. No change. There was a teacher in South Fraser School in Manila one time who taught Latin in the Jesuit school for many years and then they stopped teaching Latin and so he came to our school. He was much older than everybody else, very holy man. And little by little tried to learn a bit about the work and the spirit of the school. He read Friends of God and Christ is Passing By. And one day he came and he said, you know, Father, I, there's a phrase here that keeps cropping up in many of these homilies. It's the phrase, Nunc Chepi. Now, obviously, I understand what those words mean literally, but there seems to be something else in the meaning and context behind those words that I don't quite see. Hmm? Can you explain it to me? So then I explained, well, our Father's philosophy of life, that we're always beginning again, starting over. He was very impressed with that. And the holy man that he was, he went away and prayed about it. And a few weeks later, he came back and told me, you know, I'm trying to put this into practice. Hmm? And I find it's a great way to live. By the end of the morning, after a couple of classes, I, I have trouble with my skin and I get headaches and my pains and just that and the other health problems. But when I go to the threshold of the classroom door for the last class or two of the morning, I take a big, deep breath and I say, now I begin. <coughs> and he says, I find this is a great way to get me through the day. Well, that is just one little area of our Father's great treasury of, uh, of ideas. We're exposed to all these wonderful things. And so, Lord, help us to have new lights. New lights for that new conversion. Because we know also that you will reap where you have not sowed. And so, God wants us to be all the time a, a better instrument. Better formed to be a better instrument. Formed to be apostles. With constancy, with friendship, with perseverance, with faith. Our apostolic fruitfulness never ends. And we may see, or others may see, that, well, there can be certain gaps in our formation. We all have gaps in our formation. Maybe things that we didn't fully grasp many years ago, or over the, over the decades. They might be very simple things, very ordinary things, but they might be very important things. So perhaps we have to go back and, and listen again, catch the nuances. Just as a tree is bent, the tree is inclined. And so small little things can have a big effect over time. 
we might need to go back and relearn some of those basic things. If we love our formation, we will be punctual. Not a good sign if the director has to come and remind us it's our day for the chat. Because we give it importance when we're there banging on the door, or our expense account, or some other little custom that we're meant to live. Says a lot about our attitude or our disposition. Our punctuality with confessions, a sign of our contrition and humility. And likewise, with all the other areas of our formation, professional, cultural, formation to live the virtues, there's always something new to learn, new horizons in our professional life that may have enormous consequences. A couple of years ago, I attended a pro-life conference in Manila, and there was a lady doctor from Liverpool there who was one of the speakers. And I got talking to her and asked her how she came to be one of the speakers. And she was in her sort of mid-60s, late-60s, and she had a GP practice in Liverpool, and her practice was winding down, and her son was taking over the practice. But she said, oh, all through the last couple of decades, I have sort of focused a little bit on one particular area, which were the side effects of contraceptives. And I noticed that in all the major medical journals, well, nothing was coming out about these things. And I would keep up with them. Each time there was a new article, I'd sort of flag it and watch it. And I arrived to the London Times and Manchester Guardian. And then the BBC noticed that I was talking a lot about this, and they invited me on to come there. And then Human Life International invited me to be one of their speakers in their international conferences. And just listening to her, she had nothing to do with the work, but she had sort of put into practice what our father had said, that if we take one little area of our professional life, and we specialize in that, and over a couple of years we read everything that's coming out in that particular area, and over time we become the, the national expert. Huh? We're the one who knows most about that particular area. And that expertise, that platform, that prestige will give us a, a great way in which to, to reach out to other people in our apostolic activities. And so our apostolic formation can be tied up with our professional formation, the desire to have an impact, the desire to sow seeds, to reach to a maximum whenever we can, to produce that fruit that we lack. Our formation is a formation to live the virtues, not just piety. To learn to practice certain virtues a little better, charity, or justice, or patience, or kindness, or purity, or chastity, or whatever. No? There's always some little virtue that we can work on and improve on and relate. We are told about how we should try and read books according to our spirit. Know more about our spirit, our history, all the time. Also, so that we can pass that on to other people. That accumulation of, of experience and of knowledge that has brought us to where we are. And all the time, the purpose of our formation is to serve. There's a number of Philippines, Jesus Stanislaw, who would like to tell the story of how he went to a university with the Catholic ethos one time and asked people in this university, why are you in this university? They said, well, we're here to get a good degree, so we can get a good job, so we can get a good salary. And he said, well, that's not a, that's not a very good answer. So he went to a, a school with the Catholic ethos. And they asked kids in form two, three, and four, five, were they in this school with the Catholic ethos? And they said, well, we're here so that we can get a good KCSE, to get into a good university, 
<coughs> so we can get a good degree, so we can get a good salary. Okay? It's the same answer. And he said, well, that represents the failure of Catholic education. You know, the purpose of Catholic education is not just to get a good job and get a good salary. The purpose of Catholic education <coughs> is to serve. Because Christ came not to be served, but to serve. And so we can ask Our Lady, that like her, we might treasure all these things carefully in our heart, so that we might grow to that greater service that God wants us to have. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My immaculate mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, 